This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now we have our next guest in the studio with us. Oh, but it's somebody that would, you know, like, haven't we? It's very familiar for <laughs> We've got Miranda Hill and Kim Dillon who are here to talk about homophonics. And uh, Kim is... We spoke to Miranda last week, but we welcome back Miranda. It's a different, it's a different, uh, you know, performances we're talking about. Different program, a different program, yes. but uh, but it is to, uh, it's related. But we talk, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, and Kim is one of the is one of the composers of the pieces being played as well. Now um, let's let's start with let's start with Kim, okay? Shall we? Sure. Now just get, uh, let's get a little bit of background on you, Kim. Uh, you're you're a composer. How did you? Get started doing that. With, I suppose in music composing, and you know, and where did your love for music and the arts come from? Oh well, I started learning piano when I was uh, seven years old, and I think I apparently I asked my parents to learn because my older sister was learning, and I thought oh, I want to get okay. in on that, and uh, I just loved it straight away. And I apparently was never told to practice because I just practiced anyway because I just loved that experience of it. And from that is, early is that age... Is that a I'm, rarity, though? You know, Apparently. Well, in terms of my teaching experience, <laughs> it often is a rarity where it's something you have to sort of ask them to do. But there's something about that sense of grinding away at something and, and getting better at it and feeling yourself becoming more proficient. But how exciting, though, to feel that way. Absolutely. To want yeah. to keep on doing, you know, because usually you think, oh, I'm going to go to music lessons, you know, like where that, that's lovely that you, you know, wanted to continue on. Yeah, and it also feels quite affirming to have that kind of inner love of it, which tells you this is something that is part of me and really important to me. And from that early age, I was also very creative, wanting to mix things up and write my own uh, pieces. I played a lot of ragtime in those days. Oh, okay. Love Scott shops and things like yeah. that. Um, yeah. So naturally, as I um, grew up and got to high school, I started writing for big bands and orchestras and things like that just because I wanted to make stuff and have ever since. So I went to BCA and Melbourne University, studied composition, and here we are. So it was just this natural path where I loved making things. I loved learning more about other people's music so that I could understand how things worked and have better mastery over what I make. But yep. uh, yes, it's just a sort of pure artistic joy, I suppose. And, and what what about the, the ragtime stuff, as you said, Scott Joplin? You know, is that still of great interest? or uh, I wouldn't say great interest, but still... You know, when I'm at home wanting to play piano for my own leisure, it'll either be probably like Beethoven sonatas or you know, ah, Scott Shop. <laughs> very different. So, very so different. jolly and and free mm. about that music. It's just so innocent and yeah, uh, completely yeah. at peace with itself. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Tell tell me about um uh you know like you mentioned Beethoven, uh pretty heavy stuff compared to Scott Joplin. Ah, oh, certainly, but I, I feel that. Just the creative act and expressing something and expressing something well, whatever that something is, whether it's some deep romantic <laughs> romanticism angst or whether it's just this carefree feeling. Whenever that that realization is done with with great mastery and you sort of do that, that, that the language fits it perfectly, I find that really mm. enticing. And yeah, depending on what the feeling is, if it's done well, I just want to know more about yeah. it and get my fingers around Brilliant. it. You know? yeah. Fantastic. Miranda, just recap for those who weren't listening last week. <laughs> How on dare what you not listen to my interview <laughs> last week? Exactly, which is available now on the uh, podcast. The podcast. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like, tell us what, what is this you're doing as part of Midsummer? 
So I am the artistic director of Homophonic. Homophonic has been running for 14 years now, and it's a celebration of queer artistry, queer composition, but specifically around new classical music. There's one of these things where I feel like as a society now, we're really accepting and embracing of contemporary versions of other classical art forms of, of contemporary visual art, of contemporary dance. All of that has a real kind of shimmer to it. But for some reason, contemporary classical music, you think about classical music, people go, oh, yeah, yeah, Buck. Uh, and I'm like, Buck is dead. I'm really sorry to tell you that. Uh, he's been dead for a while now. But classical music is this living, evolving, mm. breathing mm. art form, as we can see with the amazing Kim Dillon sitting right next to us. So I'm really passionate about contemporary music and contemporary classical music because I'm the same as Kim. I started playing the violin when I was three. Whoa. Because I also (laughs) saw my older siblings play music Uh and I, um, as my sister described it, I stomped my little feet and I shook my little curls and I said, (laughs) I want. Uh, And I got the tiniest violin in the world. So, and ever since then, I now play the double bass. So I've grown up a little bit with my instrument. But classical music is my way of expression. It's my way of engaging with the world and I, an emotional sense. And I think for a lot of people, actually, that is the truth. And mm-hmm. it's the same for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily have that access point to contemporary classical music yeah. in the way that we do for visual art, for experimental film, for art house film, for experimental dance. We see all of that in music video clips. We see that in films. But contemporary classical, there's this kind of veil of inaccessibility and homophonic is about, A, making that veil be so dramatically rainbow-coloured, but also drawing it right back and showing that this music is beautiful. Mm. This music is affecting. This music is now. It is current. It is present. It is real. And you're going to love it. Now, the interesting twist to all of this is that um, uh, it's – a combination of the musician telling um, a bit of a story of someone in our community. Yes. Is that, is that what, what is happening here? That is part of Homophonic. So one of our streams is the Respect Project, uh, which is exactly that. It's composers, like the piece that Kim has written for us, uh, composers working with a senior member of our queer community and writing their story down and putting it to music so we can sing it out loud. Homophonic itself has a lot more in it as well. We have the winning piece of the Midsummer Homophonic Pride Prize. We have a new set of works by Kevin March uh, called The Unknown Swimmer with soprano Judith Dodsworth. Uh, We have uh, some Meta Cohen, some Tansy Davies, some Caroline Shaw. We have a little bit of pop music snuck in. Hey, there. how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, so homophonic, the big show at La Mama is a broad church of musical genres and experiences. There are two works from the Respect Project, though Kim's work, and another work by Cameron Lamb, which is an absolutely boozed, soaked romp through the male gay venues in Melbourne in the early 80s. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's a journey. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, a lot of fun. So, Kim, tell us about the person that you've written um, your the music around. Uh, her name is Robbie Haywood and she's a figure in the Bendigo community. She's a trans woman. We both are trans women, so got linked together for this and... Immediately upon meeting each other, within five minutes, she turned to me and said, 
I think we're soul sisters. And I completely agreed because we just found that so many aspects of our experience resonated with each other. She has a very different career than I have, though. She was a a pilot in the Air Force flying the De Havilland Vampire amongst other other aircraft. And and what's the the music? What's what's it called? It's called Robbie's Daydream because she said that when she was in her aircraft, she could get away from the world with with it, who her dysphoria would be most keenly felt and felt like she could escape into her aircraft and in her imagination. Such was her mastery of her yeah. flying. And I related that to how I felt about music. I used to hide in there to sort of hide from the exterior world. And so this piece kind of brings those two things together where it should feel like we're in a vampire jet. You can hear the whine of the engine as it wow, starts up. awesome. But then it takes off and we fly through some of Robbie's memories and pivotal moments of her life, all of which come from her, her exact own words. I had them recorded and so exactly as she told these stories, yeah. they appear in the piece. But wow. it should feel like we're flying through the memories wow. in this jet. So, wow. yeah. Oh, it really does. The opening of this piece is you've put the key in the ignition mm. and this old plane engine <gasps> And it starts up and it starts to rumble and then you hear that whining of the propellers. It's such an exciting mm. moment and, to hear and, that come to life. And what does she do? You know, like a drag racing? Is is that? She does that now. So, she, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her uh, jet days are behind her now, but she still <laughs> loves fast things. So it was very important to me that this aspect of her personality was captured in the work itself, which is very emotional but also goes quite fast. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, she, she's trying to wind it down but she still likes driving very fast cars and has shown me her collection of really cool-looking old fast automobiles. Mm. So it's still very much a part of her whole personality. Yeah. Now, this La Mama, there's four shows over three days. Yes. Um, oh, I don't think you've squeezed enough in. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, like- you'll be pleased to hear then that some members of Homophonic are actually playing at Victoria's Pride also on the Sunday. <laughs> there are two pop-up events. Please go down and check them out before you come to the main show. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like why so many shows? So so much to you want because to Because we sell expire? out. Yep. Because we sell out every year. Uh, there is, we've been, as I said, we've been running for 14 years and there's a demand for it and we want to do it. We want to share this music, but also for accessibility's sake. Mm-hmm. So the first show has audio description Yep. Uh, and please, and please book in for that to make sure that we have enough guides there for everybody. Just call La Mama and make sure. And uh, the... So that's the Friday night show. The Saturday matinee is a relaxed show. That's right. So that's a show. It's only an hour long. There's no stage lighting. We're not playing any of the things with electroacoustic elements. So everything's a little bit more muted in that sense. People can come and go. It's not the whole program. And then there's the full show again on Friday night and Sunday matinee because everybody loves a cheeky Sunday matinee. It's the best time for a show. Yep. Sounds sounds wonderful. And Kim, you know, like, how how important is this for you um, to be part of something like this? Mm, oh, I love being part of this. I had seen a few homophonic, homophonic shows before this and seen just the electricity in the air and the colour and the love in the room. And so when Miranda approached me, I was just so excited to be able to write for that context. But then even then I didn't know that I was going to find my soul sister and Robbie. And yeah. we have been part of each other's own journey now through some pivotal moments since we met. And so we catch up every couple of weeks. Right. <laughs> things and like that. and yeah. it, will she be there? Or? She'll be there. She was right. there yesterday for the premiere and is looking forward to coming along uh, next weekend too. Because, right. yeah, it's been really special. And for the first time ever in a commission like this, I feel like I was like the right person in the universe 
for this commission wow. to meet this woman wow. and, and hit it off with her and write this story. Isn't that yeah. amazing? But your story, it sounds wonderful anyway. Your your passion for music is just is a delight to hear. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, all right. So when is it? It's next week, is it? <laughs> it is. Well, this <laughs> week. This week. <laughs> this oh, that's week. right. It's uh, Friday. It's so Sunday, isn't we it? We open on Friday night. Yep. Uh, tickets is I think there's only about four tickets left for Sunday, uh, Friday night on the 9th. There are tickets available for the rest of the season, but only on the La Mama website. It's okay. a split ticketing system. It's sold out on Midsummer, but on the LaMama, uh, lamama.com.au, okay. okay. there are tickets available right. there. So do not be disheartened, but I would go yeah. post haste. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for you know, coming in. And, and thank you for this program, because this program is such a wonderful program to do as part of Midsummer. Uh, Oh, it is, it's such a joy. And in the similar way that, you know, Kim sort of mentioned about right place, right time, it's been that for me. This is, you know, I'm a double bassist and a mm. performer, but that's never been quite enough <laughs> for me. Like just to always, to, to sit where I'm told and play the music I'm told to play has never, I've loved it, I, but I, it's not can, quite. Can you yell about it? Yeah, no. I could guess that, can't you? Yeah. But Homophonic really has taught me yeah. so much about my own community, but also about you know, how to make things happen, how to commission. I think I've commissioned over 50 works at this wow. point. Wow. And to get to know so much more and the depth of the art music community and the queer community and where that overlap is. Mm. So please come along, be part <laughs> yeah. of the homophonic yep. journey. It a- is absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Thanks right. for coming in. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. We've been talking to Miranda Hill and Kim Dillon, who are we're here to talk about homophonics uh, at La Mama on next Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So you're here on Joy 94.9, Sunday Arts Magazine. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.